How's it going, everyone? We have got an awesome episode lined up for y'all. Did a little bit of time traveling, so we just want to clear that up right here at the beginning. We do a deep dive into Sun Conference football, college football, women's soccer, and women's volleyball. And then following that, we have an awesome interview with St. Thomas running back Tay Farmer. So, yep, just enjoy this episode, folks. Man, what do you say? Opening up your birthday weekend with a bye week? Oh, yes, this is the second year in a, in a row at, at Weber that our bye week has been on my birthday weekend. So I turned 21 last year on Saturday, and I was like, I wonder what the schedule's going to be like. And we got our schedule, and it's like, bye week. I'm like, let's go. Had a great time. This year, it's the same deal. Bye week on my birthday. We have got, yeah, we got some good plans. We're starting it off tonight. So right when we're done recording, I mean it's like we're as we're recording it's two o'clock, and as this podcast will be uploaded probably around like five or six this evening, I'll be in Universal Studios. Halloween Horror Nights. I think we might do that. Um, I know we're talking about going in October, so I don't know if we're going to also go. I think this is going to be more because I went to Universal for the first time like ever last week. Right, you were talking about how much you like how the investment of the season tickets. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, I was, I was like, oh yeah, we're getting, I'm getting, I'm getting season tickets. I loved it. I rode the Velocicoaster, dude. I, I, you, you like a Universal guy? I mean, I'm living in Florida my whole life. Like I've been, yeah, several times. But like, I mean, to you, to a Florida person who's lived in Orlando their whole life, it's like, eh. yeah, it's just is one it, of those. It's like Disney. It's like one of the things that's just like it's just there. That's insane because like Noah, uh, the guy I'm, I, I went with, I'm going with again today. He's like, if you pay attention. Everybody like here or a lot of people here aren't like American. They're like from Europe and all these other places. A lot of like, tourists. A ton of tourists. Like it's a huge destination excuse me, destination spot. And like sure enough, I heard like at least six, seven languages. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I mean, especially with Howling Hornets going on, that's like a huge influx oh, yeah. influx of tourists. Yeah, and I told another thing I noticed there and we I'm gonna get we'll get into soccer more. Dude, soccer is by far the most popular sport in the world. If you don't believe it, just go pay attention to Universal. There are way more soccer jerseys than any. Like I saw like fifteen different like international teams. I mean, just I mean, I think American football would be the most popular sport in the world if it was international. But yeah. since it's not international, I think you're right. Right. I know you're not like a big like international soccer guy, but the best way I could I describe international soccer to people, especially in Europe and South America. Like obviously, it's like if you took the environment of college football and like the passion and everything else and put it in the skill level of the, the NFL. NFL. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So it's like what everybody wants in America for American football. Exactly. But it's in Europe and they exactly. have it. And, and that's why, I think that's why um, the NFL is starting to like tap. That's why they're doing London games and Mexico Huge City. Huge marketing. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. They're going to move the Falcons to, to London. <laughs> <laughs> they keep losing. The, the London Falcons. The London Falcons. That's, that's a good name, though. Drake London. London. Ooh. Wide receiver. Ooh. <laughs> good. That, w- that would be fire. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh, Saturday, not a ton planned because, I mean, bye week, get to relax, uh, watch some college football. I'll be on the call for the Weber Ave Maria volleyball game. Dude, I'll watch the St. Thomas Ave Maria volleyball game, I think, Wednesday night, Tuesday, Tuesday night, maybe. And... That was one of the best volleyball games I've ever seen. It 
every set was within four points. It was like 21, 25. And that's what you, that's what you love to see in conference battle. Oh, yeah, it's going to be good. And we get we get to find out what what Weber's doing because there's going to be two teams coming in, Ave and Weber, both on 10-game winning streaks. Ooh. Yeah. See, back in high school, I used to go to, like, my high school volleyball games, and they were okay. Yeah. And my junior college didn't have volleyball. Mm-hmm. But, like, I have a couple classes this semester where, like, it's required that I start going to games and, like, doing game stories and mm-hmm. things like that. So I think I'm going to – give some of these sports that I don't give much time to some time and see if I really like them so I can start, you know, being a good colleague to my <laughs> to my fellow Weber friends and yeah. go cheer them on. So I know a lot of people come to the baseball games. And it does help that, like, we're a pretty good squad and we, uh, we normally pretty win. Decent. We, we, we win some, a lot of games. But I think it's like, I need my time to give back to these other sports for coming out to our games. Let me tell you, have you been to a volleyball game yet? At Weber? Yeah. No. Electric. Electric environment, dude. See, I I mean, need, within the next few weeks, I need to give a volleyball game a shot. Yeah, you do. I need to give a soccer game a shot, even though yeah. I've never watched more than ten. Okay, I, I take that back. I watched the Bruton Parker Weber game on a live stream right. a couple weeks ago. I did watch that pretty good bit, but besides that, I've never watched a soccer game and volleyball. I never gave more than like a, a glance at. So I've been on the call for a couple of volleyball games now. I find like, it's, it's crazy just how conflicting the schedule is between football and soccer. I mean, just the no, way yeah, it is. So they play like right when you're practicing. Exactly. Yeah. And, but Monday we have off for football, 4 p.m. game, women's soccer. I'll, I'll, I'm going to that. You're going to that? I'll yeah. be on the call. All right, I'll be there. But you get up in the, in the booth with me. Well, I'm sure uh, Jeff will be on, be on the call. Him and I are a good little, little duo on volleyball, man. And, like, I, I'm – you know, like volleyball is something I, I kind of knew more in high school, but now getting back into it and understanding it more, him and I are, are clicking really well. I, I like it a lot. I'm having, I mean, I'm volley, volleyball is a sport you can compare similarly to football because there's it's like it's not like a slow sport. It's no, super, it's, it's fast it's paced. Yeah, always something going on. Like always something wild going on. So and I'll tell you something. I like more. I kind of like the so he's the play by play guy and I'm the color commentator. I kind of like color commentating for these other sports that like aren't baseball. I like me doing doing the color commentary. Now for baseball, I like doing play by play more. Now obviously I got experience with both being the only guy in the booth and I mean just running my mouth for two, three, four hours straight. Yeah. Four four hours and forty five minutes if you're if you remember that game one against Gwinnett. God. That was seven and a half hours straight of baseball. Thank the Lord that that's that game two with Tuck and uh, the outlaw was just one two three out. One two three out. One two three. Oh no, out. that game. That game was. I mean, both games were pure, pure electricity. I mean, but uh, I mean, I know we everyone's giving the shout outs to, to the outlaw Martin. But I mean, what a what a performance! I mean, complete game shutty. One forty two. Yeah. One hundred forty two pitches. Yeah. 11, 11 punches. Good lord. Unbelievable for the softball. What about you? That you're heading. Up? Oh, uh, and then Sunday. Sunday is my actual birthday. Uh, and we're doing having a little get together over at Noah Rockies and Cam's having a little fun. And as you know, we're to celebrate. I wanted to do the roast of Reagan Harrell, so that's going to be a you're going to be one of the roasters, right? I sure yeah. am. Oh, Lord, that's going to be fun. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very excited. Keep all that off air. <laughs> yeah, off air. Yeah, but what about you? What are your plans for this weekend? I'm heading up, headed back up to Gainesville this weekend. Watch my Gators. Um, I went week one, got a win, wasn't able to make it in week two, got the loss. I figured I'd just do my Gators some justice and bring back the, the good mojo and 
Hopefully we take care of business. I, I, mean, yes. I, lo- I love being in Gainesville, yes. man. It's just being in that stadium is just insane. We'll get into college football talk later because so the slate we have for college football, the way I'm looking at it, there's not – the last two weeks there were marquee games. There was Alabama, Texas. There was Ohio State and Notre Dame. There's not really that no, big – Ohio mar- State and Notre Dame was week one. That's what, that's oh, okay, okay, that's okay. Like week yeah. one, week two, I like the big marquee games. There's really not that big marquee game. College game days in Boone, North Carolina for App State Troy. That always leads to absolutely electric Saturdays, though. And there are I mean, a shout lot. Shout out to Miami, Texas A&M, though, not kicking off at 9, nine o'clock Eastern. Hey, there are a lot of live dogs this week. There are some underdogs. And I've had some trouble, like, figuring out who I wanted to because I think it's going to be upset weekend. See, the good the good thing is is that there's no, like – like last week, the – Pretty much shoo-in upset was the App State A&M game. Like, yeah, it's like everybody reason. had their part. Either yeah. that or Texas. And I took advantage of that, but this week it's more of like, yeah, it's like just running out with it and kind of just like. Right. All right, we'll get more into all that. Uh, that that was a long, cold opening. That was a good one. Love starting podcasts like that, though. All right. Hi, beautiful people. We will we'll acknowledge y'all. How's it going, everybody? Suncast listeners, my name is Reagan Harrell, and we are here with the Awesome episode. We're going to have a little weekend preview. We're going to talk. I'll talk briefly about soccer. Not a lot's going on with it since we last recorded. However, <laughs> Kaiser Soccer, Josh, I got a take I'm going to get into. They're really good, and I'll get more into that later. But before we get into this episode, you know who is sponsoring this episode is Mr. Von L. Butteron over there, the best Brazilian food truck this side of the Mississippi River, folks. He does an amazing job with his empanadas, power bowl. He's got this new uh, corn. Uh, it's like a corn and like power kind of bowl <laughs> mixture. It's really good. Go give him a shot. You know what it is. Weber, Warner, Southeastern. It's worth the drive. All other athletes, when you come play Weber and Babson Park, it is literally walking distance from whatever field you are playing on. So go and give him a shot. Josh, the top, the take I was just talking about. Let's just go. I'm gonna go ahead and get into women's soccer briefly. At the end of the year, I want to do something like towards December. I want to do a thing where we have like a team of the year for 2022 for the Sun Conference. The Sun, fall. The Sun. No, I meant. Well, yeah, we we could do fall. I don't know. It's not, it's something I've workshopped. We're, we're gonna workshop it some more. But the obviously, and I know you don't like talking about them a whole lot, but the best team. And the Sun Conference, since I saw Suncast, was obviously Southeastern Baseball. Josh, I think this Kaiser women's soccer team might be might be more dominant and better. I love it, though. They have... Taking away the throne from my rival. They, yeah. They are 8-0, I believe, 4-0 against top 25 opponents. They went out yesterday and faced the number 23 team in the country, the Georgia Gwinnett Grizzlies, who throttled. SCAD. And SCAD is a team that I have second in my Sun Conference power rankings that will be coming out very soon. And I think they're a very good team. But Georgia Gwinnett beat them 6-1. to one. Josh, they scored two minutes in. They went on to score three goals in the first half. And then they pulled everybody. They pulled all their field players by like the 56th minute, I think. And they pulled their goalkeeper, Grace McCullen, uh, I think in the 72nd minute. So they played the last 18 minutes of the match with their reserves, still did not give up a goal. They, wow. They, yeah, I mean, they are a unit. 
I mean, they are scary. And I know you're not a big soccer guy. I'm, I'm the soccer guy on here. But you need, whenever you get a chance, they're playing a really good William and Carey, who are the reigning uh, runners-up in, in the NAIA. They're playing this weekend, I think Saturday, I think at 5. Double-check that. But uh, that I want to watch that game, and it's going to be – it's really fun, man. They're they're a really good team, and I talked about it a little bit uh, when it was just me, me on the podcast. Who could catch them? I think Scad could be up there. Southeastern Weber. I don't know if there's a team in the country that's going to be able to catch the Seahawks this year. I mean, I get it. It's early. I get we're only eight games in, and things happen, and you know, God forbid injuries or whatnot. But whew, this team is nasty. But as we're heading into uh, Sun Conference play for football. Josh, you got a couple games that you're looking at. Uh, which one, or what's the one game that you're looking at this weekend that you're going to have your eyeballs glued to for Sun Conference football? I mean, without a doubt, it, it's got to be that Kaiser-Lindenwood game. I mean, Kaiser's yep. going, traveling up north to Missouri, headed to the Midwest to take on a newly Division One program mm-hmm. or next year a newly Division One program. Right. And... After conversations with Jalen a couple of, uh, episodes ago, I mean, even though they had a hiccup last week against Mississippi College. A, a really good Division Two Mississippi yeah. College, um, tough. Like I said last week, you know, tough first quarter, and they hung in there. I think they've they had to have made many adjustments this week. They're really hungry. locked into their. I mean, they got already was that two losses already. They're one and two. One and two, and that's not like the Seahawks. So I think you're going to see. I I think Lindenwood might be an upset alert. Woo, Lindenwood. Ooh. Talk a little loud on the mic there. Yeah, we are doing this on, on the new mic. Whenever it flashes red like that, that means it picked up something on it. I guess don't scream. Well, ah! Well, yeah, so, I mean, Lindenwood, an upset alert. Seahawks are coming. They're ready for business. Yeah. They're hungry. They're tired of losing. They're ready to go. But another game I'm looking at, you know, after the – which would be on this episode, I had an interview with, with Tay Farmer from St. Thomas, the running back. That's right. We didn't, um, even, we didn't even say that in the intro. That's not it. But, yes, this episode does have Tay Farmer – uh, on it, we could low key put that at the beginning. I don't know. We'll, we'll chop it up, figure that out later. Um, but St. Thomas on their brand new turf field, hosting North American University. And after conversation with Tate Farmer, this, the Bobcats are looking to be oh. very scary. Oh, yeah. That after you know talking with him, the team chemistry, the you know the, the coaching staff, the mentality, the players, more insight on quarterback Tyler Thomas. I mean, this team could could they run can. the table. They might. Are they – where do you have them at? Cause, you know, I mean, I've had them at number two from the get-go, but give it a few more weeks. This could change. Yeah, I mean, we're going to come out – I'm coming out with my soccer rankings, I believe, next week is when we're going to start Sun Conference play. Yeah, later in the next week. And I think in two weeks is that when you're planning on doing your first official yep. power rankings. So. After the first weekend of Sun Conference football. Okay. Like, co- right, like right. total. I right. know there's been a few games already, but they didn't count for the Sun Conference. Yet, right. So. so we start the not this coming up weekend, but the next weekend will be the first. Uh, oh, everybody in the Sun Conference is playing everybody. I mean, so continuing on, I mean, Ave Maria off to a 3-0 start. Not many people realize that they were going to be doing that. They're headed up north as well to Maryland to play Salisbury. And on my predictions, I have them losing. I have them going up there and not being able to handle their business. But You want to revise? Before the before this uh, after your segment with the soccer, I was looking over some of the some of the football, and um, I think the Aubrey Marie Jadarines are going to be four and out this weekend. 
I like the gyrenes. Give me the gyrenes. Give me the gyrene head as Lee Corso, Lee Corso would say. <laughs> um, Warner traveling to Florida Memorial. I think Warner's going to get on track here and and play a competitive game with Flomo. I, I mean, come, but I mean, don't hear, don't get me wrong. Flomo could could host Warner and and just dog them out. I mean, they went, traveled to Lakeland and played a heck of a game against Southeastern mm-hmm. last week. Was down a possession. Did down one score with six minutes to go in the fourth quarter against a really, really good fire team. Um, but I, I think I like Warner here. I think Flomo's not going to be able to repeat itself, but they can. And then Southeastern got the forfeit win against University of Fort Lauderdale. Um, to my understanding, I believe University of Fort Lauderdale has backed out of the season, I think, because I've heard that their game against Weber will also be forfeited, Wait. and then we also got insight from St. Thomas that their game against Fort Lauderdale will also be forfeited, and that's a ways away, so I believe that's the new news in the Sun Conference for us, the yeah. teams that are playing um, University of Fort Lauderdale. What we are, Weber, we're, we're moving forward as if we're playing them right. as of now. We have to. But... We, I mean, they have 25 players on their roster. They quit a game in the middle of the second quarter when one of their offensive linemen got hurt because they just didn't have anybody else. Right. So, I don't – yeah, I, I'm really not sure what's going what's going on, if we'll play them not, or get two bye weeks in a row. So, we'll just have to see on that. Um, just to add to that date, though, on the topic of Weber and Fort Lauderdale, hmm. I wanted to give a quick little shout-out promotion to um, a – Color Run event that I will be a part of and running with my classmates on September. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is going to be on October 22nd. Oh, that's on down the road. Yes, this is not the Fort Lauderdale weekend. It's when Weber hosts Flomo. Uh, the Color Run will be at 10 a.m. If you're, I believe this is an alumni and on-campus student event only, I believe, and I think there will be a few exceptions. If you're a student at Weber and you commute or whatever, I think that we may be able to make something work. But I would love to see a bunch of a bunch of you guys in attendance, if you can. You know, Weber on campus. What's that for? What's that like? It's a for our facility and event management course. Oh, okay. So we're we're hosting the class is running the whole event. Mm-hmm. You know, we have organizational chart where everyone has a job, departments, all that stuff, and we're hosting it. You know, so it'll be a color run 10, 10 o'clock a.m. October twenty second, right before the football game. Hoping to get the hoping to get all the all the kids out of the dorms early, get to the Colorado, and then kind of move in that direction to the football game. That's and really I will beautiful. be I will be also be trying to push that because that's where I will be going. Yeah. I'll be trying to bring a crowd with me because I believe that game is going to be important. Because last year, whoever had a flop against Flomo, so mm. I want to I want to pack the house. Oh yeah, but. Moving away from that, oh, just wanted oh, to... Before you said that's for your uh, class, like a sports business? Yeah, for my sport business management right. class. So, so. Uh, as you know, or as you know, I used to be, emphasis on used to be a computer information systems major. As of yesterday, I'm now a sports business management major. Welcome. It's good, it's good to be here. Welcome. It's good to be. That's the CIS. I mean, it was something I, I liked doing, definitely was not passionate about, and then started doing this and it's just like why am I a CIS major again so yeah uh, sports business I was a little tidbit there but yeah definitely excited to start next semester start taking those courses I love it yep sport yeah. business it's good it's like a really good program however really good yeah. professors that's what I've heard Dr. Aaron Dr. Farchman both really good professors those are the two professors that I've mainly taken uh, taking classes with um they really know a lot, so when you start taking classes with them, really pick their brains, 
and they have a lot of information. Right. So, um, there was something. Doctor Farchman won an award for from the NAIA. Uh, Speaking of awards, we never shout. We never give a shout out to Coach Matt Saliba for winning Assistant Coach of the Year. Oh, that's right. That was a little while back. Yeah. So a little a little break in the in the football here. Um, shout out to Coach Matt Saliba on being one of the I think it's eleven or twelve assistant NAI assist. No, this is the this is assistant coach of the year all levels. Really, I believe so. So that's shout sick. out to Coach Saliba. Um, yeah, and heck of a coach. Lo- love, love Saliba. Love Saliba, man. We'll get we'll give the shirt off his back for his guys and his coaching oh, staff. That whole I um, mean the whole staff. Yeah, I mean, whole sh- shout out to him. That's 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 big time. Yeah. yeah, a lot of the stuff goes unnoticed. Like a lot of people behind the scenes don't know all that goes into it and what Saliba does, and he's very deserving of this award. So I just wanted to give him a quick shout out. But yeah, Weber's doc- Dr. Farchman won the 2021-22 Wally Shorts Award due to her integrity and passion for the character development uh, of her student athletes. So I'm really glad. That's I mean the the day that I switched to her major. She wins that. I mean, that's a, that's got to be a sign. I mean, yeah, and she she runs all of her eligibility for Weber. Oh yeah. So Dr. Freshman's a do it all, yeah, really smart great. sports sports woman. She's mm-hmm. she's great. Her her and Dr. Aaron complement each other well with teaching styles and class styles, and it's a really good program. I coming to Weber, I wasn't really sure what I was getting into with this program, but after progressing through it for now in my third semester, I really like it. It's a good program. That's I awesome. feel like I'm gonna be prepared for the future after graduating. Awesome. Um, what else you got with the uh, Sun College football? Which you're looking forward to. Um, I just want another little shout out to to Tay Farmer for what an incredible start, though. I mean, we're going to oh, talk yeah. about it a little bit on the interview with him, but I mean, averaging five yards a carry through three games, three touchdowns, almost yeah. 200 yards rushing already. I mean, this guy's having a career season from the get go. I mean, he might he might be a thousand yard rusher. I think he's on pace, or he's, he's, he's definitely right up there. He's right up there. I mean, he, especially if maybe this one 150 yard game, and then the rest like his average. I mean, this is going to be a thousand yard rusher. Right especially there. if they uh, end up in the playoffs. Yep, I mean that's going to be back to back year, back to back seasons with uh, some conference thousand yard rusher. Am I correct? Kaiser running um, back last year, thousand yard rusher. I think he was just shy. I think he had a thousand all purpose yards. Okay, I'm giving. Okay, we'll go take on a thousand all purpose. Because okay. he catches the ball too a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, yeah, he talked I mean, about that in his specialty for sure. Other than that, I mean, um, excited to see Kaiser and St. Thomas take on um, – and, and Ave Maria take on non-conference opponents. And Warner and Falomo really get after it down in Miami. Southeastern gets to enjoy a little a little off weekend. Um, but I'm really looking forward to it. So, Good deal. You want to talk, talk a little FBS? My favorite part. Oh, yeah. All right. What you want to get into first, because it's not like we said earlier. It's not really a slate where it's just like, okay, this is the game everybody's got to watch. But I got two games that are that I, that are like kind of underrated. I think will be really good games and are going to determine. Are these are involving ranked opponents. Three of the four teams are ranked. Yes, the first game. Is out on the West Coast, and it's my playoff team. It's BYU. It's the BYU Cougars on the road taking on the Oregon Ducks. BYU gave a little scare, double overtime, but got the dub over a really good Baylor team. And now they're going out to 
Now we're going out to the West Coast and taking on the Oregon Ducks, as I said. What's up, what's up, man? What's going on? Doby just came in, nothing wrong with that. But uh, yeah, that's one game that I'm, I'm gonna have my eyes absolutely glued to, well, actually kind of, sort of, it'll kind of be at the same time as I'm on the call for volleyball, but that's what I'm really interested in. The other one, because the loser of this football game will either the quarterback or the head coach for the other team will be on the hottest seat in America. You got any idea what game I'm talking about? Um, Give you three, two, one. Because I don't like dead air time. It's Penn State Auburn. Sean Clifford has been mediocre most of his career for the Nitty Lions. He has got a five-star freshman breathing down his neck. On the other hand, Auburn... They're 2-0, and but they ain't a good 2-0. No. They, they about blew it at home against San Jose State. Bad look. Now, I don't think there's a team in the country ranked lower than how good they actually are than Penn State. I think Penn State is a top 15 team. I think they're somewhere in that 12-15 to 15 range. I think they're really good this year. But I think the coaches, the AP poll is just I mean, kind of taking into it, account it, it, it's, how, yeah. the, the – the pattern Penn State normally goes on yeah, post-Saquon era. Yeah, they, they people as a joke anyways, in my opinion. I mean, when you have your back, Noah Kane transfer to the SEC, you know there's there's some issues in the Big Ten. I'll tell you why I think the AP poll is a joke. Notre Dame got 24 top 25 votes. To, they're 0-2 and just lost to Marshall. If you're voting for them to be a top 25 program. I think Notre you, Dame might be one of the sorriest Power 5 football teams in America. You know, they, they ain't a conference. They ain't, they ain't power you got to call them Power 5. They uh, need a playoff. Power 5, yeah, you're right. I mean, they make, yeah, you're right. But Brian Harson, if he go, if Penn State comes in and whoops up on Auburn at home, they're going to want his head on the stake. Yeah. Yeah, I, that, that's an interesting game I'm looking forward to. What about you? What's, what, what's the marquee game? So there's, one, there's one more, but I'll let you go. I mean, I've had my eyes on this since last Sunday. I mean, Miami, Texas A&M. Right, yeah. I, one thing that I've really been looking forward to see Miami doing and Tyler Van Dyke doing is play a quality, like a really quality football game on prime time against a really good team. I think that's something that a lot of us fans need to see with the Hurricanes. Because, I mean, last year when Tyler Van Dyke took over, they didn't really play a lot of meaning, meaningful football. So now this is a huge game in terms of, A, they're – playoff chances and be if they're even a playoff team or not or they just uh, beat the team you're supposed to lose the team you're supposed to and be mediocre at best I mean in my opinion I like Texas A&M because I don't know if Miami's ready and I don't know if Tyler Van Dyke's ready to go to the home of the 12th man Kyle Field and, and at Texas A&M but in the same breath I mean Miami has Mario Cristobal at the helm mm. and a, a, a really good quarterback, a really recognized quarterback. So a new quarterback I mean, now, and Max Johnson. No, I'm talking about. I'm talking about Miami. I'm sorry. With Mario Cristobal. I'm sorry. I mean, Tyler Van Dyke's a really respected quarterback, looked at as a top five, ten quarterback in this mm-hmm. draft class. So I mean, this is going to be a really, really good football game. Kicking off late, which is a little strange, but don't mind um, it. Though. Don't mind it. We'll be able to watch the second half after my Gators. Hopefully, take care of business against the Bulls. Yep. Um, what is the spread on that game? I have no idea. Oh, minus no. 24. I like that. I like Florida minus yeah. 24. Yeah. But 
You know I'm high on Miami. I think Miami has the potential to be a top 10 team. I think they're going to go into Kyle Field, and obviously they're going to be the, – the Aggies, they're, they're, they're down right now. They just had a switch at quarterback. They just lost to App State, who I think is a top two or three group of five school, but we'll save that for later. I think Miami's going to go in there and get throttled. I think it could you be – You got the Aggies I think three touchdowns? Yeah. I think it will be like a 31-10 to 10 kind of game, and I'll tell you why. I think they're going to be extremely one-dimensional. Now, don't get me wrong. If Van Dyke goes in there and throws it around the park and he's able to do good, that, that he jumps up to top two or three in the Heisman talk. But Xavier Restopo, sorry, I always mess up his last name. He's our best receiver in an already not that great receiving core for the Hurricanes. He's out. They don't have their best receiver. They're going to be one-dimensional unless Van Dyke can – do something amazing. And, and they make the ball stick to their hands. Yeah. A&M's got a good defense. And I think Max Johnson and Jimbo J, J, Jimbo Fisher, Fisher is, without a doubt, a top five coach in, in college football. Just resume-wise. Resume-wise and what, what he's done. And I think he's going to have the boys right. I think Kyle Field at 9 o'clock at night might be one of the top five hardest places to play. I think it's going to be rocking. I think Miami – may just be a little too big for their britches right now. Now, don't get me wrong. I think they will be good, and I think they can still run the table in the ACC. This ain't the ACC, and the SEC needs a statement after last weekend. Absolutely. And I think that statement will be made, and I think the Aggies will throttle Miami. And that very will make that statement right there very well. Is that, is that, is that your upset of the week? That's not an upset. What because do you mean? Texas A&M is favored by six. Oh wow! I didn't even notice that. Yeah. Okay. The, no upset there. Okay. Yeah. There are a lot of. Pardon me. Yeah. There's a few games where it's like the the higher ranked team is not the favorite. last week was like that, I believe. Um, yeah. No. Look! Look at this. Michigan State, the number eleven team in the country. Now they're going to Washington, who was not good last year, but they're off to a good start. Washington's a three and a half point favorite. Unranked Washington. They're they're really valuing Michael Phoenix Jr. Yeah, I guess. But. but I do have three three games that I think everyone should pay attention to. All right. What you and got? Th- and this for, I'm going to start this one off to rip the Band-Aid off for you. Okay. The South Carolina Gamecocks play the Georgia Bulldogs tough year in and year out. Mm. And this is probably, to date, their best quarterback in the last five or so years. So I want everyone to pay attention to that football game. I, I've told many people that Georgia is going to steamroll South Carolina, but I can't ignore the fact that South Carolina – plays Georgia tough every year. Yeah. It might be their best game of the year. I'm not saying by any means South Carolina is going to upset Georgia, but I think that game might be better than minus 25. Right. I think that game might be better than people think. But Williams Bryce is a tough place to play. It is. It is. That's I mean, stupid chicken. It's, it's going to get. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hate that, bro. I hate that so much. I hate that. But um, All right. What's moving on, I have another game. Even though Sam Hartman is unbelievable, Liberty two and zero heading heading to Wake Forest. I think that game might be a little bit better than advertised on the spread. And then yeah. to finish it off, um, Texas Tech two and zero going to face the NC State Wolfpack. I think that's going to be a really really good football game. Oh, yeah. Texas Tech's been upset last week against Houston um, in overtime. I mean, I think Texas Tech might ride the high horse and be able to 
put NC State on upset alert. Yeah. So with that being said, Reagan, lock in your upset of the week. You hit the nail on the head. The Red Raiders are going to North Carolina State. Hammer it. They're going to win. They are going to be the outright winners. And I got another one. I'm going to let you say yours. I don't want to accidentally say. But that is my pick. The Texas Tech Red Raiders, 10-point underdogs on the road. They are going to go to NC State. And they are going to knock them out. (laughs) Okay, so I don't know if I'm going to have that much of a a performance when I announce my pick. But um, (laughs) I'm, I'm... Picking through a couple, like it's so hard because Washington is like such a great pick for an upset, but they're favorite. They're favorite. You can't, you can't yeah. do that. I got. There's two I'm looking at that, that I looked at before that I didn't pick. Do you want me to tell them to you? I mean, we can tell the people. All right, tell the people. The first one. I'm still, I'm still thinking. The first one is UTSA, University of Texas San Antonio. Heading over to Austin, Texas, to play the Longhorns. Look, you can say you can say you don't believe in moral victories or whatever. That was a moral victory last week for Texas. And how Texas does Texas get the not going and Texasing Texas against a smaller group of five Texas team in University of Te- uh, Texas San Antonio and losing at home after coming as close as you can get from beating the Crimson Tide. That game makes a lot of sense, and I think it might happen. Don't know. But the other one, and this is the one that I said I was going to pick all week until I I switched over to North Carolina State losing to – and just just yeah. because I feel bad that I'm already up to I'm already up two games on you for the Whatever. upsets. I'll let you have the Texas Tech. So let's tell the people. Whatever. Let's tell the people about about this other upset we have in mind. I think, and this one's crazy. Because numbers-wise, this makes no sense. But I think the Oklahoma Sooners. I knew it. I I think because I think they're going to go up to Lincoln, Nebraska in that rocking crowd. Big noon kickoff. And I think they're going to play them tough because they got a good team. They just had a terrible coach. Scott Frost is. I don't know what was up with that. That's you know. I don't know, man. How many winning seasons do you think Scott Frost had in his entire coaching career? Probably like two at at UCF. One. The undefeated season. He had the undefeated season. He had not had a winning season other than that. Because he took over the year, so he went zero and twelve. Another coach. He came in, went undefeated. No, he went six and seven, undefeated, and then didn't have a winning season. Wow. Uh, yeah, wow. Ah. However, their new intern coach, uh, whose name is blanking my mind, for Nebraska. And I, I'm going to have to look it up. But he was a quarterback in the 90s for Nebraska. Oh, talk. I got, I'm I, still, I we're still brainstorming. I mean, yeah, I, I, I might, got, I, got I might just, do your, I might I have to settle. Now. Okay, I found it. I might have to settle for a very bleh upset alert All because right. the one that's like really intriguing and the one that makes the most sense was already selected, and we're not going to double up again, right? Because that's boo, boo. So give me the Tigers. 
upset Auburn, the Lions. That's fair. Usually, I want that spread to be a little bit bigger, but I think they're so much better. I think I think just football. Give me the Tigers better. in Auburn. Yeah, at Jordan Hare. Give me it's the a Tigers. Tough, you know, Joe Burrow said that was the hardest away stadium he ever played in. It was worse than the Swamp. Yes. He's I don't know about that when he was on his back watching a pick six <laughs> run through the end zone to end the game. I don't yeah. know. You, you, you talk to Shiesty. You talk to Shiesty. I don't know. I, he might not take into account his little rookie season with the Tigers. He might be talking about his uh-huh. his his Cinderella season. Maybe. His senior year. Because exactly. they didn't go to the Swamp. Florida came to them. So. You remember they had to, uh, Cade York had to hit a walk-off field goal. That's right. It was 23-20, wasn't it? Uh, something, something like that. I believe it was. Yeah. Um. Anyways, Mickey Joseph. This is a crazy stat. So he was a quarterback in the '90s for Nebraska. Get this. He is the first African American coach in Nebraska history. Nebraska athletics. That's big time. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, how do uh, you don't you don't hear that? But anyways, that, that, that's really cool. But he was a quarterback in the '90s, and he was really good for Nebraska. Obviously, now he's Nebraska. Yeah. He was 10 yards out of bounds when an Oklahoma player cheap shots him in his leg, destroys his leg, ends his football career. And his first game as the first African-American coach in Nebraska history is against, at home. Against Oklahoma. Against Oklahoma, who they, who they played really tough last year. Really, really hard. In, in Oklahoma, they only won by, I think, six. I think it was 23-17. to 17. And they got a better quarterback, and they dang sure got a better coach because they don't get much worse than Scott Frost. I mean that that pick, that pick's looking really good. Maybe. I'm gonna stay, I'm gonna stay away from it just because I think yeah I think Dylan they, Gabriel like I think Dylan Gabriel's not yeah. like the last few Oklahoma quarterbacks who were like super like I'm not gonna say patchy but like played to their competition in some ways sometimes like Baker and Kyler and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I think Dylan Gabriel is just going to sling the rock regardless. I think it'll be a three-point game one way or the other. And I would love, as a diehard college football fan, I, I, I hope, I hope that happens. Yeah. But on a side note, I just read something. Mm. Texas spent nearly $300,000 during Arch, Man- Arch Manning's two-day official visit on a 17-year-old kid. $300,000. They, they, they said... what? On his visit in... in, in in its entirety. How do you even... I mean, that they mean, had to have bought him something. Oh, yeah. Or gifted him something. Oh, yeah. Or, like, told his whole family tree that they could come. I mean, his whole family tree could go probably wherever they want. That's This is very true. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean they, I'm sure they took him out to, like, the whatever the nicest steakhouse is in Austin, which I'm sure there are some bangers. Oh, I, there's got to be. Hey, there's a place... Have you ever heard of Ruth Chris? Absolutely. Right. I went there for my 18th birthday. All right, so, there's this place, and I cannot remember the name of it, but Noah was telling me about it. It's a steakhouse, or not Noah, it was Chandler. Chandler told me about it. He said it's a steakhouse in Winter Haven. I think it's like called the Fire or the something like that. Anyways, he said it is as good as Ruth Chris. Huh. Yeah. One of these days, one of these days, once we hit a milestone on Suncast, me and you need to go have a Suncast dinner, man. Ah, yeah, absolutely. We're... we do it. We La Batana. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll uh, yeah we'll head up there and check that out. But yeah, I'm excited for this weekend of college football because uh, it's college football. Um, NFL wise, you got you got anything you're looking forward to? I mean, obviously we get you and I are facing each other, Buck Saints. 
our, our I'm not going to get into that because I might just you, really open up a wound. You so you know we're just gonna, gonna beat pour you. salt all in that wound. You know we're gonna beat you. You know how false that is. Tom Brady is forty-five years old and, and looks zero and four against the Saints. Looks the regular season. Un, looks unbelievable against the Cowboys. Just threw the ball where he wanted. Everything besides besides you know some of the some of the red zone flaws. But let's hear me out though. Yeah, shout out whoever has us uh, whoever had suck up on their fantasy team. Yeah, shout out Paul Susacek for beating me in the Weber fantasy oh. league. I'm not even going to get into that because I'll get Parker. heated. Look, oh, all right, I'll let you get your point, but it's all wrong fantasy. We had a football meeting at 3 o'clock on Sunday, last, this last Sunday. Parker comes up to me and, and says, hey, how does that belt feel, feel on your butt? Talking about how he was beating me in fantasy. Well, I was, we'll see. I won. Poor guy. Yeah, all that trash. He's like, yeah, that's the last time I trash talk before the – the, I mean, that's a dumb thing to do. Why would you trash talk before? Can't that, that, that's before one way you are games. going to lose. I was like, oh, I'm going to win. I'll be straight. Um, let, me, let me ask you a question. Right. How many interceptions do you think Tom Brady's thrown in the red zone in his career? Oh, man. 25. Zero what? interceptions in the red zone in his career. Zero. I'm a stats guy. And I, don't, I don't even. What? Zero. That's insane. Yeah. That's I'll insane. even fact check it for you. Oh, yeah, fact check it. Um, no, nah, this Saints team, dude, I'm so high on them, bro. I think they are extremely good. I think they are one of the two best teams in the NFC, along with the Bucks. I think the Bucks and Saints are one, two. Now, I get it's week one, but I'm so hyped about I think we have the best defense in the NFC. I think we have the best receiving core in the NFC. And I think that defensive line is going to eat Tom Brady for lunch. They're going to take his lunch money. We, I mean – We've owned him ever since he got there, except for that one playoff game, but we don't really get into that. I don't even... This stat was... Hold on. This stat, it was when they were playing the Cowboys. It was when, okay. But... What about, what? See, they put this on NBC, but this this site on Reddit said he has three, but that's not true. Okay, yeah. They said it was some crazy stat that he has zero interceptions in the red zone. I got you. Uh, looking through the NFL slate, not exactly... I mean, no games where I'm just like, ooh, I want to sit down and watch that. If McCaffrey, you know, like actually played, that'd be awesome to see him and Saquon go up against each other. Uh, I don't know. I'm just not a big of NFL guy as I am college guy, to be honest. I am excited. I love what the NFL did scheduling-wise this year. where they, You know how they usually do the doubleheader Monday Night Football Week 1? And one's like super late. Yeah, yeah. They're doing it Week 2 this year, which I enjoy because they – I mean, like Week 1, it's like I kind of got like – Overloaded by football on Sunday. Yeah, I was like, I'm not used. And to And the this. way they scheduled it, 7:15 kickoff in Buffalo, and then an 8:30 normal kickoff in Philadelphia. Ooh, so games both games will be concluded by 11, 11:30. So it's not going to be a super late 1 a.m. night for us football fans. I tell you what, make that. That's that's the game I'm gonna have. I have the most interest in outside of my my Saints. That Vikings Eagles game gonna be good. I think both teams are really good. I, I am really high on both teams. I mean, shout out to Justin Jefferson. Jay Jefferson. SEC legend. 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 Best receiver in the league right now? I think skill-wise, the best skilled wide receiver who has all of the skills. Yeah. And, like, how he gets open. Like, there were times against the Packers and – I think it's hard to say Cooper Cup's not the best wide receiver in the NFL right yeah, that's now. Fair. But it's also hard to say that Devontae Adams is not. And I feel like it's also hard to say that Justin Jefferson isn't. I think it's like there's so many like one A, one B, one C. Like they're all right. like 
the, they're like ended in Jamar Chase. Like those four, it's like yeah. Are you worried about the Bengals at all after last week? No, no. I tell you, a, a Joe Burrow won't turn the ball over half that many times the rest of the season in yeah. a single game. I tell you a trend I, I, I've seen this year, and this is I mean this has been said on many like platforms and whatnot. So I'm not gonna this is my take or anything. Teams that did not play their starters all of preseason went like three and eight. They're not at least their starting quarterback. I think preseason matters a little bit more than what we give it credit for. And I was actually had this conversation with Professor Farchman about this is that a lot of the teams were sloppy this week, including special teams. Mm-hmm. And that's due. They did cut the preseason down, A. Three games. And B, so now there's not four games, so the starters are getting most likely maybe a game. Yeah. Maybe a game. Yeah. And even the backups, the reserves, are only playing two. Yeah. And then two and some change instead of three and some change. That's a big difference. It was crazy how bad the kickers were. This Man, that, that Colts game... Rodrigo that, got cut. He did. That's bye bye. Guess guess get a job. Ain't the last. My my bro. Gator my Gator kicker didn't get fired. He didn't get cut. Evan McPherson mm-hmm. from the Bengals. He missed three kicks. Well, I mean, he had a all time year last year. Now I'll give him a little, little credit on hit on one of those field goals that he missed. It was he got laces. Yeah, bad snap. Bad snap. Bad the hole. other one he got, yeah, bad snap, bad hole. Personally, I would never. I'm the holder. Yeah. Personally, I would never. I don't give laces. Always laces face in the center. Got to, man. Always. High snap or not, you got to be get a little. Yes. You got to have some touch. Yes. Got to have some finesse. Yes. Yeah. This is why every episode after this he's going on YouTube, so we can get that. Yes. No, yeah. Because <laughs> everyone would have saw your. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. But yeah, I'm excited. We had a great weekend uh, coming up. Volleyball is in full swing in the Sun Conference. College football, NFL football. Sports are so cool, dude. So cool. And last thing I got is if you're listening to this and you follow the Suncast on social media, please go to the inbox and wish Reagan a happy birthday on Sunday. Please. Thanks. Please please wish Reagan a happy birthday. Great guy. You know, does a great job with this. I'm, you know, I'm honored to be on this with him, and you know, wish him happy birthday. You know, if you, if you're feeling generous, send him a gift, something, just do something nice for him, uh, whatever it is. Um, re, re, repost, re, re, repost. Yeah, that's that's that, that's, that's considered a gift. gift. Yeah. Whatever you can do, help help us grow our channel. But like I said, it's hidden in the, in the inbox. Suncast or his personal, both are available on the Suncast um, yeah. Instagram. Um, but hey. being, that's all I got, though. I appreciate it, man. Love you, brother. Love you, man. All right. And love all of y'all. Y'all have a great, great weekend. All right, we welcome on a very special guest, man, coming off a very impressive 100-yard, two-touchdown game against the number 11 team in the country, Mr. Tay Farmer, RB1, down for the St. Thomas Bobcats. Tay, how's it going, man? Everything good. Appreciate you asking me to have me on this broadcast. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Uh, so y'all, obviously, y'all have had a lot of miles covered early on in the year, traveling to Chicago twice, taking on Butler, the D1 team, and taking on St. Xavier. What was it kind of like, the, just that journey and having two tough opponents right at the start of the year? I mean, well, Coach Rocco, he sent out, he told us that we was going to face challenges this year, and that's really what we wanted. We wasn't ducking no smoke, so 
for uh, for him to put a D1 team on the first game of the schedule, it really shows a lot about how much he trusts us, how he wants to compete, and how the team is, you know, we're down for anything. We're not ducking no smoke. So for him to put a D1 team for the first game, and then the second game have a, a, a ranked team in the top 25, back to back, no, no team's doing that. So I really salute him to that for that. And then, you know, the team just, well, first game we started off great. Played three first quarters, great. Then we ended up, you know, slowing down fourth quarter. That got the best of us. We ended up losing. Second game, we bounced back. Took care of business like we should have the first game. But, you know, on to the next. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, well, like you were saying, though, um, with your coach scheduling those two really tough games from the get-go, I mean, that's definitely a way to get your players behind you and, you know, trust you as a coach and – Right. Um, like you said, like I, I think that's really important. That, you know, at all levels, whether it's NAI, Division One, Division Two, I think if your players can trust you as a coach, I think that's just that's just one of the many ways you're going to be successful throughout the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and something I found really impressive is y'all went up there against the D1 Butler team, and y'all were the better team for three quarters. There's no doubt about that. I just you know, sometimes D1 teams, they just got – they simply got more guys. They were able to rotate probably a little bit more than most NAIA teams were. And it had been easy for y'all to kind of duck your heads, tough start for the season, but y'all didn't do that. Y'all went out there and, well, literally did it again. And not only did it, but went out there and dominated a top 15 NAIA team. What was practice like in the week following Butler leading up to St. Xavier to get you guys up and ready for that test? Really, it was basically just a focus week. Like, everybody was locked in. We get it, okay, we lost to Butler, but come Sunday, that's out the window. We're St. Xavier, St. Xavier, St. Xavier. So we're preparing the whole week, you know, studying film, extra studying, doing extra conditioning just to, you know, be ready for another good game because obviously they're ranked, so we got to live up to the expectations. People think we're going to get blowed out and stuff. So for us to be locked in the whole week, I feel like that made – Saturday a little bit easier. Absolutely. So you think it was more, it was more of like a fuel to fire kind of thing, and not you guys didn't really dwell on it. Nah, we was, it's another game. You know, they got to put on the pass the same way we got to put on the pass. And I feel like our living on offense, our living on defense, and special teams is better than any other team. So as long as we all think the same thing, then we're gonna be unstoppable. Absolutely. That's, I mean, if you guys are thinking like that, you guys are forced to be reckoned with for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, sure. Something you just added in there was y'all how good y'all special teams is, and from firsthand experience, I, I can say it's legitimate. Obviously, the kicking game is really good. Uh, we talked about Braden Dick earlier. I think before before we started recording, uh, he averaged over forty yards a punt for you guys. You know, as a punter myself, lo- love seeing that four or five inside the twenty. That'll play, won't it? I mean, when you give when you're forcing teams to go 80 plus yards after score so it's not an easy thing to do especially against a really stout bobcat defense but it's not just that i mean josh this is a team that blocked two punts for weber one, one of me one of my own and one of joe's it's the only punt i got blocked at weber and only two i've gotten blocked in my entire career so they're really good they're a team i've definitely might have to be on my p's and q's about when yeah. i go out there and play uh you know making a lot of pre-snap and post-snap reads as a rugby punter I'm definitely going to be watching a lot of film with you guys. I mean, and the way that defense is playing, I think I'll get a lot to watch on film because y'all are forcing a lot of punts early on. And, I mean, as a running back, in the backfield that y'all have, and obviously an absolute commander in Tyler Thomas at quarterback, 
how does y'all's team just kind of gel that way into being able to you know bleed that clock, keep defenses on the field, and then when that defense uh, comes out, I guess my qu- my question is just how how is your team kind of use that connection of being able to move the ball while also keeping your defense off the field and keeping them fresh? Well, we prepare for it in practice every week. You know, our type of offense is, you know, tired them out. If we can see the D-line is being tired and we're doing our job, all we got to do is, what, get at least four yards a down. That's bound to be a first down every time. Yep. It could be no fourth down, so just basically keep moving the ball and at least get four yards. If we get four yards, we good. Ground and pound. Now, back to what, uh, what Reagan was saying and what you were saying about the special teams. I mean, we've seen already early on in the first few weeks some of these Sun Conference games. Special teams is really blowing people in the foot. I mean, if you guys have a punter in that, I mean, like, I mean, for example, one of Weber's, what the Weber's only loss so far, that that came down to the special teams. We, we, you know, there was averages of 18 yards a punt. Not me. I wasn't the punter. I've been out. Not Reagan, to be fair. It was not Reagan. But um, like I was saying, I mean, 18, Clear the record. My bad. Um, 18 yards a punt, that, that, you know, that's not going to play. And when you got a guy who's going to boot it 30, 40, 50 yards, flip the field, you know, get the defense in a good spot, I mean, that's all you can ask for. So. Right. But, I mean, checking out um, your numbers so far, I mean, it's just eye-opening. I mean, averaging almost 100 yards a game, three rushing touchdowns, averaging about five yards a carry. I mean, well, so far, like, you know, what would you say is, like, leading to all this success early on? Shout out to the whole line and the receivers. You know, they do – they make me look good. A lot of people don't give them credit, but, you know, I'm giving out my shout-outs right now. The whole O-line and the whole receiving group, shout-out to them. They make it happen for real. Yeah, but- See, as a, as a former offensive lineman back in my youth days, I really appreciate that comment. So, a uh, couple, couple episodes ago, we had – O-line? Yeah, back in – I used to be pretty overweight back when I was young, so I played the O-line. I was the center. But – um. I wouldn't say overweight, but I was like a little bit of thicker kid. He was a chunky but, guy. So no, so we, we made a couple jokes, but on back on a couple episodes ago about that. But so, yeah, you know, we always like to hear running backs, you know, talk about the offensive line because no matter what, no matter what the case is, like what anybody says, the offensive line genuinely is most of the reason for all the success. I mean, you hear, you know, from running backs like Derrick Henry, you know, from your tight ends and Christian McCaffrey and Jonathan Taylor. You know, they're always thinking their offensive line, you know, because that's – without them, I mean, you're going to get smoked. So, i to hear yeah. that. Yeah, be, being a Tennessee Titan fan, he talked about some elite running backs that are in the league now. Uh, a great Tennessee Titan running back always comes to mind when we were a little bit younger growing up is Chris Johnson. As he, that's the reason I like Tennessee. I'm right there. There you go. Lie. That's only. And I, I was going. Yeah. I was, are you answering my next question, man? About a follow up I, I got is 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 Chris kind of one of those guys that you model your game after, or who are some other guys like that are in the league now that you watch on Sundays and it's like, hey, what he's doing, how he's working, how he plays is how I want to model my game after on Saturdays. Um, well, after Sunday, I will say Saquon because the way he's like an all-purpose back, he can block. You know, his stats was going crazy. I think he had, like, 164 rushing yards, some receiving yards. Like, to be a running back, you got to be all-purpose. Like, you got to be able to block, catch up the backfield, and run. So, I would say Saquon right now. Right now. Uh, if, if I'm Sunday. not mistaken, he had majority of his yards after contact, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they don't have the best O-line. Uh, well, it, was it was either him or – it was either him or – Jonathan Taylor, both of them. And they said like they're like seventy five percent of the yards came after after <clears throat> contact. So yeah, 
crazy. That big old line you got, that you don't have to worry about that a whole lot. They, they get a good little push for you, huh? Yeah, real. Yeah, that's what's up. So y'all got a uh, y'all got a couple more tests uh, before Sun Conference play, but you know these other games, these other tests are really big. I mean, they're they're good and whatnot, but as we know, what 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 matters is what's coming up soon. What are your goals as y'all enter Sun Conference play? Um, we're just going to keep doing what we're doing, but play four quarters of football this time. Like, the last two games, we played three quarters. Even the last game, I would say we played three quarters. But the defense and special teams really helped us out in the long run. So when some, this Sun Conference play starts, we got to really lock in and play all four quarters. I feel like we play all four quarters good. And, yeah, we're going to handle business. But if not, then we're going to struggle to win. That's just my opinion. I mean, like we saw uh, last week, you know, former Memorial team who historically hasn't been very good in the Southern Conference, you know, went over and played Southeastern, and that was a really close game. So, like you said, by by playing all four quarters, you know, for example, say Southeastern slips up for maybe a half a quarter there, that game game might be the other way around, you know. So, it's a really good point about the the full four quarters because any team on any given Saturday can come out and bite you in the butt, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, it's something we talked about last week. I think the level of sun, the, the level between, I mean, who I, we talked about a little bit. I mean, yep. Where do you have St. Thomas? Is St. Thomas currently like at at the top? Do you have them one or? I have okay, Kaiser one, St. Thomas two. Kaiser one, yeah. St. Thomas two, but at the top, and then you're kind of at, at the bottom. The teams that aren't there. Who, who's that? Flomo, Flomo Warner. Yeah. Flomo Warner, and then you know, yeah. look. I mean, obviously looking pretty good right now, but but right we'll there, see. but. I think that gap between the Kaiser and St. Thomas and everybody else. everybody else, it's it's not that big. I think it's a it's a pretty short gap. Now we saw it Saturday. And I think I think as the years progress, I think that gap's going to get even shorter because of how popular the NAI is getting. With you know, I know the COVID thing's probably going to sort itself out pretty soon, but you know, the competition is slowly starting to balance out throughout mm-hmm. all the divisions. But coming from my perspective in the baseball world, I mean, NAI baseball at the high level it was, I mean, Weber played St. Thomas like nine times last year, and those were electric baseball games oh, yeah. every single time. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's D1 players on that field, but just it didn't work out for everybody to go to Division One, and we're at NAI school, and it's electric baseball. You know, I think it's the same way in football. Like, yeah. like if you guys play Kaiser, I think there's athletes on that field, at least 60%, 70% of them that can go play Division One football right now. So I think so I think the NAI and the Sun Conference is just a lot of people sleep on it. And I think I think it's yeah. important that we raise awareness to how good these athletes are. Yeah, I and mean, that's the whole reason we, we started this was yeah. to raise the awareness and give athletes like yourself Tay a, a platform. Uh to, mm-hmm. to you know, be in moments like this. But um you, you know, y'all do have a tough Sun Conference schedule coming up with um Who's your first Sun Conference game again? I'm sorry, I'm, blank, I'm blanking on your first Sun Conference game. Southeastern. Southeastern. Is that yeah, going to be? We played play them next week. Next week. Is that going to be in Lakeland or will that be in? Uh, uh, that's at St. Thomas. Okay, okay. Now, you said something earlier. Y'all got uh, a new field? Yes, sir. The new turf field. That's uh, This Saturday is going to be our first game on ever, like the first game. We've only been practicing on it. I think whenever we went down to St. Thomas for our regional, it was the mm-hmm. turf was already put down and everything, so. Right, yeah, so pretty sweet, and that's awesome to hear. I mean, y'all are a young program, and now y'all are getting an elite field. Uh, something we talked about with, with Tyler when he came on, he was in that first kind of recruiting class to come to St. Thomas. You were a couple later, but what was it about St. Thomas that you were like, Hey, this is a young program, but it's going in the right direction, and I want to be a Bobcat? Um, 
Well, I first wanted to come to St. Thomas because it was the only offer I had in Florida. Like I told you earlier, I, all my right. other offers were up north. I wasn't ready for the cold and none of that. <laughs> but then I looked up more information about St. Thomas. I knew it was like a, when I was in high school, it was going to be their, their, their second year. So, yeah, the last year was the third year. So I'm like, okay, they're a new program. I like starting from the bottom and working my way up anyway. So we can, I could go to this school, you know, produce and help make their name bigger because we're already, you know, we're getting new fields. Soccer team's been good. The history's been good. But football, they were struggling. So I want to go here and help turn this around. And that's what we've been doing ever since last year. Hopefully we just keep it going. Absolutely. And now y'all are a top 25 team in the NAI yeah. and the way thing, things are going, I don't see – I don't see that stopping anytime yeah, I don't, soon. I don't see that. I think that number is going to continue to go lower. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We talked a little bit about uh, some NFL football. Do you have any any college team? you interested in any college football? I used to like FSU, but then that just died down. So <laughs> They're off to uh, a good right. start this year, man. See, I hate to hear that, man. We, we, it's going to go we downhill, going, I just know it's going to go downhill. You and I were getting along so well, getting you know getting to know each other. But, I mean, I'm a Gator, so I don't know how this is going to work out, man. That's okay. He's a Florida fan. Florida State. Y'all are all. Y'all are all down. We're all, we're all in a pretty, pretty nasty circle here. We got a Georgia Bulldog. I'm a dog, man. A no and a Gator. This is a bad, bad trio. Yeah. <laughs> man, them dogs trying to go back to back. That's all I know. They might go back to back. I ain't gonna lie. They might go back to back. They nasty. Wait. I mean, imagine. I mean, he's not there anymore. But imagine. You go out and you you give yourself a little run and you see Jordan Davis at six six, three hundred forty pounds chasing you down. I, mean, I want to imagine that. I mean, what, what's your forty time? Run a four five four. Okay, so you you probably would have gotten a little step on because he runs a four seven, but still it's six six three forty. That's crazy. Yeah, six six is crazy. That's a freak. Like that is an absolute living freak. So we talked a little, little bit about him, but I mean, obviously he, he's the captain there at St. Thomas uh, as Tyler Thomas. What is it about him? What's his day to day? What's his mentality? And, and what makes him such a good leader for the Bobcats? He's he's like he's vocal in everything he does. It's, we could do meshes, just handing off drills. He's vocal. He's talking everywhere. He makes sure everybody in the right spots. Well. That's what every quarterback does, but he does it every single play. And it's like sometimes I have a bad practice. He lifts me up every time. He can tell when I'm having a down day. Like he knows everybody's moves, when their moves changing, all that. It's like he studies everybody. So that's different because like for a quarterback to know every receiver, every every lineman, every running back, like the way they act mm-hmm. and the way they don't act. That's special, bro. No, that's you, very special. you really care about your teammates. That's special. Especially at NAI, pro- NAI program. Now, I don't know exactly how it is for y'all, but at Weber, we got a huge program with about 150, 160 guys. I mean, you know, we got a <coughs> the developmental squad and then the varsity squad we sent out there on Saturday. Is that kind of a similar deal with what y'all got? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and you say he knows every every receiver, every running back, knows how they move, knows how they act. I mean, that's – that's the definition of a leader, and that's exactly I mean, what you want to go back. This all goes full circle back to what you said about the coach gaining trust from his players. You know, you, yeah, now exactly. you got your leader gaining trust from his players. Mm-hmm. So now it's like a big chain effect of trust. And I think in all of sports, especially football, though, if you got the trust, I mean, that's the one thing. If, if a team doesn't have trust, then it's you know you, you look to your guy to your right, and you're not sure if he's going to have your back. But if you guys trust each other, 
if you if you mess up, say say you fumble, you know you know the guy that's gonna come in for you for the next few few plays. You know he's gonna do his job. Or say an offensive lineman misses yeah. a block, you know the guy next to him gonna pick him up. Right. You know if you have yeah, that trust, I mean, mistakes are just thrown to the wayside. Don't even worry about it. They're not a big deal because you know the, the next man up is gonna take care of it. Exactly. Right, Ty. I got. I don't know if Josh has any more questions, but I, I got one more question for you. Y'all are off to a great start, and I think this can really be a historical season and the short. Uh, life of the St. Thomas Bobcat football program. What is the ceiling? What is the ceiling for St. Thomas football this year? Man, I'm not, I'm not trying to go too crazy, but we always talk about it. Just go one and oh every week. Focus on who we play. Mm-hmm. End of the season, that's that's going to show. But right now, we're just trying to go one and oh this Saturday. Then Sunday, worry about whoever we got next and go one and oh that week. I, I feel like we do that every week. That. That's like that. Most teams just try to jump ahead and Give a prediction like, oh, we're going to go eight and two. Let's go undefeated. Man, just focus on the week you're going through, but then everything will take care of it. So, so we just focusing on Saturday. I mean, is that mentality uh, something that you just have, or you think that's something that's in the overall team know, that coach the has? The whole team. But our coaches really preach that every Sunday. Like, the new week, we're trying to go one and this week, and it just revolves around the whole team. I used to not think it like that. I just think, like, man, let's go nine and oh, let's go undefeated. But then they just they say it every week, so like I kind of get what they're under. I understand what they're saying now. So one and zero every week, I feel like that's a perfect mentality that will get you where you want to get in the end of the season. Yeah, I mean no, no doubt. I mean that's a winner's mentality. That's a champion's mentality, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Josh, you got anything uh, else for, for our boy? That's all I got. All right, uh, Tay. If you got anything for us, shoot away. If not, uh, we are all good, brother man. Yes, sir. Appreciate you guys having me on here for real. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We had a great time. Looking forward to uh, seeing you play the rest of the year. And we get uh, when we head down there. I believe it's the next to last game of the season on our schedule. Not sure what it is uh, for y'all. We'll definitely. I'll be uh, number ninety-eight. I'll be out there. Mm-hmm. Definitely get a little pick after the game, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Much love, my guy. Yes, sir.